0: Whenever we meet for men's Bible study on Tuesday mornings, by the way, men, there's Bible study on Tuesday mornings. And it's at 7 o'clock in the morning, okay? And uh, we have a brewmaster. The best coffee in town. Don't worry, Starbucks and the others and Seven Brew and so on. They're overrated. We have a brewmaster here that really gets us going in the morning. And then we have a guy who has a sweet tooth, and he brings us goodies every Tuesday morning, and we indulge, okay? We indulge because uh, the Word is just so powerful And when we read that Word, we have to kind of help ourselves get into it. So we use the brew, and we use that nice cookies that are brought into that space, and that helps us calm down, okay, and really settle in the Word. Men, Bible study on Tuesday morning, 7 o'clock, okay? All right. Now, whenever we meet, when we meet for Bible study on Tuesday mornings, invariably, someone will ask, ask the question, What is meant by this or what is meant by that? Making sense of the scriptures is challenging, as we all know. First, we believe that the Bible is the written Word of God, right? And you're right. Second, we believe that the Bible is a history, right, of God's interaction with people, in particular, the Jewish people, right? Good. So, the reader interacts with the Word of God, both in the historical experiences of God's chosen people and in her, His present reality. And in so doing, we listen to what God is saying and we leave room for personal transformation of heart and mind. Because, and this is important, because we believe that the Bible is also the living Word of God. I've made three movements there for you this morning. One, it's the written Word of God, the Bible. Two, it is the historical, the history of God's interaction with God's people, in particular the Jews. And thirdly, it is the living Word of God. It is for that reason that when we read, we ask, what does, this, what does this mean, or what is that? In the gospel pericope for today, from prison, John asks Jesus, Are you the one who is to come? John's question gives us pause to consider our present reality. We might not be confined to a dungeon like he was. We might not be incarcerated in a modern prison. Yet, for many of us, we feel like we are captives. We feel like we are trapped. Prison is a place of punishment, at least for some people. It is also a place of suffering for others. It is a place of captivity where lives are dominated by sin and death and the evil one. Prison is a torture. People are confined. People are not free. And if they're not tortured physically, then there is mental torture. torture. And since we cannot change the past and we feel trapped, doubt creeps in, And we feel like we've lost our way. And it's not a terrible dream. Yes, it might be so for some, but it's in reality for others. Since we cannot save ourselves, we look for a savior, someone who could liberate us. That desire I call hope. You heard Messiah's quartet a while ago sing about hope. You heard in the song that we sang as our gathering song, you heard about hope. Hope is the first candle we lit on the Advent wreath. And in last week's gospel pericope, John held out the hope by saying, I baptize you with water. To show that you have repented, but the one who will come after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He is much greater than I am, and I am not good enough even to carry sandals. He has his winnowing shovel with him to thresh out all the grain. He will gather his wheat into his barn, but he will burn the shaft in a fire that never goes out. The hope of someone coming to set us free from sin and death and the evil one is common to all people. We look for that one, and therein is our hope. Recently in the news, you heard or you might have watched the television about Brittany Griner's release from prison in Russia. And as I watched her release, it brought back memories of Terry Waite. Do you remember Terry Waite? Well, Terry Waite was an important figure in the 1990s, the early 1990s. He was kept in solitary confinement, chained to a radiator, beaten and subjected to mock executions for 1,763 days. And what kept Terry alive was this. Light is stronger than darkness. Light is stronger than darkness. And so on November the 18th in 1991, he was released. And since that time, he has worked slavishly to help people who are captured and imprisoned to go free. John did not have Terry's experience, for he died in prison. But not before Jesus answered his question. When Jesus said, Go tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. John's question is our question. It's the question for so many people who are not religious or who are religious. The question is always, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And as we come into this season of Christmas, as we walk through Advent, making our way to Christmas, the question is always, who is Jesus? In the Old Testament pericope for today, as was read so well by Penny Gordon Chumley, Isaiah says who he is. He is the one who is coming to set us free. That was the theme. And in his coming, there's joy. In the Magnificat, Mary says who he is. This is the one who is to be our Savior. And in that hope, there's joy. The writer to the book of James says who he is with expectation of the Savior, he encourages his people to live in such a way that their lives would reflect his coming and therein is joy. And Jesus himself tells us who he is in the gospel today. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor has, have good news brought to them. Listening to Jesus inspires joy, because what Jesus gives us, we can't give ourselves. Our joy is fleeting, but as was said in the reading, in the, in the prophet Isaiah, everlasting joy is what Jesus brings. And so joy is the candle we light on the Advent wreath. It wouldn't stay lit today, but we know it is there. And we remember that although we might be in captivity, because as we celebrate this season of Christmas, not all of us are in the mood. Not all of us are there. Christmas is not always a good time for some people. Some people, trivially I say this, but seriously, some people who are born close to Christmas, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm looking this way. Some people who are born close to Christmas, okay, feel like they're forgotten. Okay? You can find out who I'm talking about afterwards, but... They get a Christmas gift and they says, this is for Christmas and your birthday. We're reminded that although we might be in captivity, no one can take from us the joy of knowing that Jesus Christ is our Lord. He is the light of the world, and in him there is no darkness. Our world might seem dark, or we might find ourselves in dark places, but I want you to remember that darkness we experience is informed by our knowledge of the light. And as the baptized people of God... We never lose that light. It might dim, it might flicker, but we never lose it for the light of Christ dwells within us. Remember what is said at all baptisms. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's the charge that we give to each person who is baptized and symbolically we hand them a lit candle to remind them that in them is the light of Christ therein is our joy Jesus and I like to think of joy this way you might too when you think of joy think this way Jesus first then others then you joy So carry the light. Carry the light of Christ within you this Christmas and at all times, especially in moments of captivity or darkness. And remember that the Lord is here with us, and therein is our joy. Our joy is complete with him as our Savior. Amen.